This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast session number 153. What I learned from my first dance audition in over 20 years. Hello there and welcome to session number 153 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a super long hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. Coming up in our Step to Success segment, Mixing It Up. In our Dancer's Dialect segment, Jukebox Dance. In our Freestyle Flow segment, Inspiration from Extremes. And in our feature presentation, what I learned from my first dance audition in over 20 years. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, this is Mike Kim from the Brand You Podcast, and you are listening to a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio, where dance inspires life and business with the one and only Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and your business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. So as creatives, as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for the next idea, the new way or perspective of looking at things or improving things that we already have going on. And one way we can do that if we feel stuck is having a pattern interrupt. Now, what is a pattern interrupt? If you don't know what it is, it's a technique to change a particular thought, behavior, or situation. It can be as simple as using your other hand to initiate a handshake or taking a spontaneous trip or setting a goal and achieving it and figuring out what you want to do to reward yourself when you get there, not pre-planning what that reward is going to be. So that could be a pattern interrupt as well. And so we have thoughts, a lot of thoughts throughout the day. (laughs) I know I have tons of thoughts all the time. We all do, right? And the majority of those thoughts are repeated every day. They're the same things. And that is a lot of repetition. So there isn't a lot of room for new thinking. So we have to interrupt it, kind of mix it up during the day, mix it up as much as we can. So the easiest thing that I've been doing for a pattern interrupt, actually, I just started doing this a few months ago, and it's really actually helped. It's a very simple thing. There's a whole bunch of things I can tell you to do. But let's just start with one that you can do even right now as you're listening to me is to switch up the apps on your phone, switch the order, switch the pages they're on if you have more than one page switch it up and watch what happens because we're so automatic in our responses of where things are, right? <laughs> in our routine. So I know going to my phone, I'm like, okay, I know this is here. I just go automatic. It's it's very um, automatic, right? So switch it up. And, and uh, th- this has been really helpful for me because then I don't reach for my phone as often. And then when I do, I have to stop and think. And so it, it challenges me too. So a pattern interrupt Find ways that you can incorporate this technique into your day or into your week where you can switch it up a little bit and find different areas in your life where you can switch it up a bit if you're looking for a new idea or just a different way to approach things and 
oh my goodness, there's so many other things you can do. But that that's one simple thing that I would recommend with um, just getting out of your norm, switch up the phone, the, the phone switch. Well, I guess you can switch up your phone too. But switch up the order of the apps on your phone. And now life and business connect with the dancers dialect. The dancer's dialect is the dancer's language. I share dance terminology and concepts across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. This episode's word, actually, it's not really even a word. It is a title of a video I found, this amazing video with Fred Astaire and Eleanor Powell called Jukebox Dance. Now, when I think of the word jukebox, (laughs) there's two things that come to mind. The first one is my grandparents owned a small retail store on Guam when they were still alive. That was many years ago. And oh, wow, I remember them having this jukebox. And I'm going to date myself because this was the 80s. So (laughs) I remember getting my coins and putting it in and picking the songs that I wanted to hear all those popular songs from the 80s. And then using whatever change I had left and putting them in the video game machine so I can play Miss Pac-Man and Galaga. (laughs) So I have fond memories of that of, of listening to music that way. And this jukebox that just blared so loudly through all hours of the day and the evening. And that just seemed to, to be a popular hangout spot for the, in Guam, they're called villages. They're not called cities or towns, but they're called villages. So jukebox, the word jukebox reminds me of that. It also reminds me of the song from Foreigner called Jukebox Hero. So some of you are not old enough to know what the song is or know the band Foreigner, but... <laughs> Anyway, Jukebox Hero. So this video, Jukebox Dance, I'm going to link it in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 153. She shows Fred Astaire this simple tap combination. And she tells him, you know, you can do it. It's simple. And it reminded me of taking something simple like this, this set of steps, but it was just beautifully executed. And she took something simple and made it spectacular. So how did they make this spectacular? They took these series of tap steps and tapped together, obviously that combo together, but they also went in different directions. They partnered and oh my goodness, it's just beautiful to watch. I can't wait for you to watch it. And they're both amazing performers. If you don't know who Eleanor Eleanor Powell is, look her up. She was uh, very popular in the 30s and 40s. Fred Astaire is a household name, so I'm pretty sure that you know who he is, but how can you do this, this, uh, not the jukebox dance, jukebox dance, although I guess you can do a jukebox dance. (laughs) Now, when I think of jukebox now, I think of Apple Playlist or Spotify or something like that, right? SoundCloud. But um, jukebox dance, this video got me thinking of how can I take something simple? Or how can you take something or any not only me, but anybody can take something simple and make it spectacular. It doesn't have to be complex, complex or complicated, right? So like for dance, The one thing I thought of is how can you make something simple? How can you take something simple, make it spectacular when you're dancing? I think just being yourself, being who you are, because because that is spectacular in itself, the person that you are already inside and bringing that to your performance, to your dance. How can you do that for your business? You can over deliver to your customer under promise and over deliver give them a surprise. There's so many ways to do that. I've talked about this quite a lot. I'm very much into customer, really good customer service. I really appreciate it no matter where I go, what it is, product, service, whatever. 
But this simple, this concept of taking something simple and making it spectacular doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't have to be outrageous, but it can be really impactful. So think about this in your dance training, in dance period, in business and in what you do. You can take something simple like what Fred Astaire and Eleanor Powell did in this video and make it spectacular. And now anything goes with Freestyle Flow. What's on your mind today, Annette? Extremes from one to the other. Let me explain. When I'm out and about and I go into a business or somewhere that's familiar to me and I notice the surroundings, if it's really nicely decorated and especially if it's minimal and has clean lines and has a very peaceful feel, it makes me want to go home and clean. (laughs) It makes me want to organize. On the other extreme, when I go into somewhere, oh gosh, and I see a disarray of things and disorganization and really frenetic energy. If I feel that it makes me want to go home and clean and organize. Well, first, actually, you know what it does it makes me want to like clean their area <laughs> and clean, clean like their business or whatever it is. And then it makes me want to go home and do the same. Now, does this always happen? No, it's the feeling that I get. But it's interesting that one extreme and another extreme make me want to do the same thing, right? So this doesn't always happen. And there are times when all I can think about is, oh, I want to organize this area of my desk or whatever, and then I can get to business. Now, is that always the best thing? No, it's not. But sometimes I just have to do that. And then I can start with a clean slate and I feel so much better, which is why I try to keep my desk almost like I've talked about this before, like a surgeon's table where it's very minimal, as minimal as it can be. And then I can be clear to focus. So... (laughs) So if we're ever together and you see me kind of analyzing, looking around, that's probably what I'm thinking. Ooh, I want to go home and clean or I want to fix something. It's, I don't know what it's, it's kind of a little bit, a little bit over the top on that end. But, you know, we all have our things (laughs) that we need to work on. So extremes, aren't they interesting? Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. When I hear or think about the word audition, I get different feelings about it based on my prior experience when I was dancing in my 20s. I did not handle the audition process very well before, during and after. I was devastated for days (laughs) afterwards and questioning myself so much. So there wasn't anything wrong with the audition process. There was something wrong about the way I was approaching it. There was something wrong with the way I was thinking about it as I was going through the process. And there was something wrong with the way that I was handling my emotions afterwards. I made it way too big of a deal in terms of how I looked at myself and allowed that to stop me for over two decades. Now, fast forward to 2018, audition. I still get kind of yucky feelings about it, actually. But I look at it now as a challenge. And I've gone to three auditions as of this year, 2018, not during all of 2018, but in the last four years that I've been back dancing in my 40s now, I've gone to three. And I never thought that I would allow myself to go through that again. But the reason I went through the first one is because I thought, oh, it's going to be uncomfortable. So I got to do it because I can't have any more regrets. I got to see 
what my mental state is like, regardless of the results. So first of all, I want to identify or define audition according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary. And it says this, a trial performance to appraise an entertainer's merits. Now I bring this up because an entertainer's merits is subjective because what one person finds artistic and beautiful and engaging might be the most boring, yucky thing to someone else, but that doesn't make their art or their work any less than some someone who's is appreciated. You know, it it's all subjective. So I had to remember that. And I do remind myself of that now with choreographers and projects or anything. If you're not chosen, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because you're just not what they're looking for, for whatever project they have. And they have specific things they're looking for. And so I'm going to go over the next two auditions I've gone through and how different they were from this one. They're each one of them is different. So I'm going to dedicate an episode to each experience. So you'll have to stay tuned. But this is the first one <laughs> a couple years ago. It was for a contemporary dance company. You know, I even forgot the name of it. You know, before I would have been remembering all the little nitpicky details of what I did, what I didn't do, how this could have gone, what were they thinking? And now I there's I got to think now (laughs) with the details so I can share with you. But I learned a few things. So there were, first of all, I thought, okay, I'm going to go through this because I don't want to have any more regrets. Let's see how I handle this. And I'm going to be good. Not good necessarily. I'm like, I feel like, oh, I have it all technically ready for it. But I'm going to be good because I know that if I can just go head on on this for myself, this is for myself that I can go through this and not let it define me and not let it get me down, then that's a victory in itself. First of all, going through it. Well, let's go back. First of all, deciding to go through it because it's uncomfortable. Second, actually going through it. And then third, getting the good out of it and looking back and thinking, you know what, I don't have any regrets. I did. I said I was going to do it and I did it and it's done and I learned something. That is what I was after. So there were about six of us. And one of them, I didn't know her personally, but I had seen her in classes from taking classes at uh, Edge Performing Arts in LA. And I actually have not seen her for a long time. So she must be either dancing with that company or dancing with another company because she is incredible. She's a very technically amazing dancer. And so I, (laughs) I had to get together a resume, which I, you know, there's hardly any because I wasn't, I had not danced for over 20 years. And even back then, you know, I don't have the resume of people that I know now that have these amazing careers. And so I put together what I could. And um, I just put something together based on my past training and past experience. They also asked for a headshot. And I thought, I don't have any dance headshots. I have these business (laughs) headshots that I just gotten taken. So I blew, I blew up one of my business headshots. And I thought this is just going to have to do. And I always talk about you do what you can with what you have. And that's what I did. So okay, so we go back over a year ago, probably two years ago, this this dance um, audition, I allowed myself to go through. So that was good. Six girls. And uh, I have to say that they I'm thinking, okay, bottom line, I did not make it. And I was okay with that. I this was the first audition ever that I can say that I felt really, really good going into it even though I thought I could have done better and I made mistakes and I felt like I I could have danced a lot better, but I felt really good. It was a really weird thing. I felt mel- mentally prepared, 
Can you guys hear that dog? I hope I can edit this out. You know, I've been doing this, this, these last past episodes where I get this noise in and my editing is very minimal. So you might hear things anyway. Excuse that. Okay. Sidetrack. This happens and this has been happening quite a bit in these, <laughs> these episodes. Anyway, so I don't know. Bottom line, I did not make it. And these, maybe all these other girls did because you know what? I was the, I don't want to say the worst. I was the less. I was the least technical proficient why I was the least technically proficient of these girls that were there. I could do what they did, but they did them a little bit cleaner. I thought they did them a little with a little bit more conviction because I was still kind of holding back, I think. And that's been something I've been working on, but I still felt great. It was really interesting. That is such a a difference from my audition processes. experiences before. And so here we have, okay, the resume headshot together, do what you can with what you have. My mental attitude was great. And that was really important. I think that was the the hugest thing for me. And then being the worst, I again, I hate to use the word worst, but being the least likely person that she would pick and knowing that I still felt great. And, and I'm very much about surrounding yourself with people that are quote unquote, better than you or more skilled or maybe have more experience than you because you can always learn from them. And so I felt good about that. I did. I actually felt really good about that. And that was a huge victory, victory for me. And it also reminded me that I still had work to do. I still I wasn't doing a lot of yoga at that time. Yoga has been a, a huge blessing in terms of um, of adding to my dance training and vice versa. And so as I was going through this audition process, I could look at it through and after thinking, you know, I still have work to do. And that's great. And this time I was excited about it as opposed to being devastated about it. So wow, for my first dance audition experience coming back after 20 plus years, it was positive, even though the outcome would have devastated me years ago. I was with people that were that I I learned from that I admired the way they moved my mental attitude was positive. I did what I could with what I had in terms of my resume and my headshot. And I was reminded that I still have work to do. But that's an exciting place to me be because then I know that I can improve my improve and get uh, I was gonna say improve my better that didn't make sense. But bottom line, I can improve. (laughs) And I'm still working on that. So wow, my first audition experience, that was really in that was such a great first experience. I'm so glad I went through it. And I'm going, I'm going, <laughs> as this car is driving by, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. Okay, that's all right. But the next episode that I go through this part two, or the second audition, you'll see that it's or you'll hear that it's a little bit different. But um, with each experience, there's always something to learn and always something to be excited about regardless of the results. And I think if you can choose to look at it that way, things are not as bad as they seem, or you don't have to overanalyze things and just take it for what it is and be happy that you experienced something new and learned something new. That was certainly the case for me with my first dance audition in over 20 years.
If you would like to continue this conversation, I would love to have you in my private Facebook group, The Dancepreneuring Collective. You can send me a direct message and I will be happy to add you and love to get to know you better. If you found this podcast helpful or any of the other sessions helpful, I would really appreciate a rating, a review, and for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. And that way I can continue improving it as well as get your name out on a future session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Until next time, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I really look forward to spending time with you again. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.